Welcome to the Kate Languages podcast. I'm your host, Kate Clifton. I'm a former MFL teacher who left the classroom in 2017 to set off on my own adventure. Since then, I've developed my passion for helping teachers through creating time-saving teaching resources, delivering language lessons and CPD to languages teachers, and of course, through this podcast. I've had some wonderful feedback from teachers about how my work is helping them with their everyday teaching, and I love connecting with teachers from all over the world. To get in touch, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at Kate Languages on both, or you can email me through my website, katelanguages.co.uk. But for now, grab a cuppa, although maybe not if you're listening in the car. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Kate Languages podcast. Hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well. Before I get into this episode of the podcast, which is the last episode of this series, by the way, but don't worry, the next season of the podcast will be out in January 2024. So not too long to wait until the next series. And I'm sure there are plenty of episodes for you to catch up on between now and then. But yeah, before I wanted to get into this episode, I just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody who has left me such lovely feedback through social media messages, emails and other messages just about how much you're enjoying the podcast this season in particular actually and yeah it's always just so lovely to hear that people are enjoying listening to it and that it's having a bit of an impact and that it's actually you know helping you with your own teaching and just thinking about life as a teacher in general as well. So if you do want to get in touch, you can always contact me on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Kate Languages on both or threads if you want to come along and hang out on threads (laughs) and contact me there. Or you can always email me through my website, katelanguages.co.uk. And yeah, it's just really, really great to know that people are listening and really enjoying it. I think this season has been the best one so far. I don't know if you'll agree. And that is in no small part due to the amazing professional editing and producing that Joe Dale has done. And he's going to continue to produce and edit the podcast for the next season as well. So I'm so happy. And yeah, I just know that it's going to sound absolutely brilliant so yeah so thank you to joe for that and i'm sure people will have noticed how different it sounds how much more professional it all sounds i don't know it's still me just kind of waffling on but uh, at least the sound quality is really good now no i yeah i've I've really i've had so much brilliant feedback from people so like i say thank you so much and um yeah get in touch let me know which episodes you're enjoying the first episode of season six is going to be a Q&A episode, as they always are. So if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask me, literally anything, ask me anything like, do you want to know my favourite TV programme? Do you want to know my guilty pop music pleasure? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, anything like that or anything related to MFL teaching and learning and teaching in general and life as a teacher in general, life after teaching, uh, keep an eye out for an episode on that kind of thing in the next season. And uh, yeah, just let me know. And if you've got any ideas for podcast episodes, again, just get in touch and 
let me know your ideas and I will try to make it happen. So, um, yeah. Anyway, as I said, thank you so much, everyone, for all the feedback from this season. This is the last episode of season five. And this episode is all about teaching phonics in MFL. If you download this episode the moment it comes out, and if you have listened to it in time, you could jump onto my website on the 23rd of October 2023 and sign up really, really quickly for my Teaching Phonics in MFL workshop that I am running at 7pm today, the 23rd of October chances are you're not going to listen to it in time to do that. I know, I do get that. But don't worry, if you haven't managed to make it live, if you haven't signed up to join us live, it's all recorded and it will just be there on my website available for people to buy whenever you want to watch back whenever you want. This is just a one hour workshop, actually, this one. So most of my workshops are two hours minimum. But this is only this is just a short one hour kind of introduction to teaching phonics in MFL. And that's what this podcast episode is as well. A kind of brief introduction to the introduction that I'm going to go into in a bit more depth in the workshop. I've been wondering about potentially running three separate workshops later on this academic year on phonics in French, German and Spanish. So separate workshops, one for each language. People have started mentioning that to me. And I think people who teach French in particular are quite concerned that teaching phonics in French is going to be quite tricky, potentially harder than German and Spanish. I don't want to pitch languages against each other, but anybody who speaks French will know that the spelling and the silent letters and liaison, things like that in French, do make it a little bit harder than German and Spanish. So if that's something you'd be interested in, do let me know and I'll try to figure out how I can fit in three separate workshops, like I say, one for each language at some point later in this academic year, hopefully. So talking 23, 24 academic year. But yeah, so for now, I want to talk about teaching phonics in MFL. Now, why am I suddenly going on about phonics? First of all, a lot of people think of phonics as that thing that little children do when they're first learning to read and write. And yes, that is also called phonics. But when I'm talking about phonics, I'm talking about sound symbol correspondence. And this is something that is actually going to be explicitly taught in the new GCSE. So new being first teaching September 24, first exams June 2026. Okay, so phonics or SSC, sound symbol correspondence, is going to be explicitly tested in this new GCSE through dictation and read aloud in particular. So this is something that languages teachers in the UK are going to have to think about a lot more than we ever have done. And we are going to have to get our heads around how to embed this in our teaching. So what I'm going to be talking about today is three things that teaching phonics is not. And then I'm going to explain to you when I say three things that it is not, I'm going to say, explain to you what it actually is. Okay. You might have seen this on my social media last week. I have done a post on the key points here. So if you want to have a quick look on that Instagram or Facebook, 
yeah, so three things that teaching phonics is not. And I'm just going to go into more detail now than I did on my social media post about what that actually means. What do I mean by this and what it actually is (laughs) instead of what it is not? So the first thing that teaching phonics is not, it is not the same as teaching students how to pronounce individual words. All right. So what I mean by this is it was a bit of a revelation, to be perfectly honest, that I had recently. And I was thinking about pronunciation and thinking, well, lots of people teach how to pronounce words. Okay. It's a fundamental part of language teaching that you will teach them new vocabulary and you will drill or repeat or whatever word you want to use to describe how you practice how to say those words. Okay. I always end up doing like pets in French, don't I? (laughs) But anyway, so you'll have your like items of vocab that you want to teach for the lesson and you will present them to the students and you will get them to repeat and do choral repetition and drilling and practicing, all that kind of stuff. And you will check the pronunciation and go through the pronunciation of the actual words that you want to teach. And I think... For some people, when they think about SSC or phonics, they think of it in those terms. And I had a bit of a kind of, like I say, a bit of a revelation, a bit of an epiphany in thinking, that's not what phonics is. Phonics is not about teaching pronunciation. And that sounds a bit weird because the ultimate aim is for students to be able to pronounce words properly. But phonics is looking at the sounds. So SSC sound symbol correspondence you are you are actually looking at sounds in the target language as opposed to how to pronounce individual words now that might sound really really obvious and you might think well yes Kate why is this such a revelation to you I think I was thinking of it in terms of like okay that's going to help them to pronounce whatever word But really, what you need to be focusing in on and embedding and practicing are sounds, particularly in French, how those sounds are spelt. So a great example of this is the sound O in French, which can be spelt simply with an O or with an A-U or an E-A-U or even E-A-U-X. So, yeah, so you're, you're focusing on a sound and how you pronounce that sound, and then you are looking at that sound in the context of different words. So can you see how this is different to, I don't know, here's a word, gâteau, and then you're sort of saying, right, this is one of the key words we we need to learn today, un gâteau, and the E-A-U is pronounced O, and that's it. If you're flipping it round to start with the sound, you focus on the sound, O, and you give a few examples of different ways that all can be spelt in different words. And then when they come to words with E-A-U in, they will know how to pronounce gattle, battle, shuttle, whatever, all these words that rhyme. So yeah, I really hope that kind of makes sense. And as I say, I'm talking about this a lot more in the workshop because I think this is one of the key things. And one of the things, particularly people who've been teaching for a long time and who weren't taught in this way, which I'm going to say would be the vast majority of teachers. I mean, I was not taught in this way at all. I mean, I wasn't taught to read English with phonics. I'm of a generation that, uh, I don't know, I just remember learning like lists of spellings. Um, So, so yeah, maybe if you were taught English with phonics, this might 
be more instinctive for you when you're learning a foreign language but I think yeah I just think a lot of us are thinking yeah yeah we've been doing phonics for ages we've been doing pronunciation for ages but are you thinking of it in terms of this is a sound these are the spellings of this sound and how am I going to embed that in my teaching to ensure that the students are having lots of exposure to this sound and practicing this one particular sound so yeah As I say, phonics is not the same as teaching students how to pronounce a single word. It's about taking sounds that can be applied universally across the language and in particular sounds that are different to English. I think that's really, really key. And embedding practice of those sounds rather than just teaching how to pronounce individual words. Okay, the second thing that phonics is not It is not something to do for a few lessons at the start of year seven. I'm not going to lie. I have done this in recent years with my beginners classes. I have started with a lesson on phonics and then we've practiced it throughout. And when we've had new words, we've practiced the pronunciation. I've said, oh, remember I told you at the beginning that a a G followed by an E or an I is pronounced in Spanish, for example. And I am changing my mind on how I actually think phonics should be taught and how I think it should be delivered across the curriculum. And I'm now really of the mind that phonics is not something that you just do at the beginning of year seven. It is something that needs to be embedded throughout all of your teaching. So year seven being the first lesson with beginners, I'm assuming. And I'm sorry, I know a lot of students do it in in primary school. And actually, if primary school teachers who teach languages are listening to this as well. This is so key for key stage two or key stage, whenever you start, you know, key stage one, even whenever you start language teaching, it's so key that you embed this throughout. I've actually been writing some language lessons for a company called Yuhu, which is spelt E-U-H-U, yuhu.co.uk. And I've written six French lessons and six Spanish lessons for Key Stage 2. And writing these lessons and including a phonics focus as part of these lessons has, like I say, started to change my mind actually about what phonics is and how it needs to be embedded. So I think now this is my, my thoughts at the moment and I and I'm gonna say I'm I'm still evolving my ideas on this and doing more research and putting it into practice with my own students that I teach. So I teach one-to-one teachers now and talking to them about it and using phonics and things like that with them as well. So I am still developing my ideas. So come back to me in a year or two's time and I might have have different ideas. But for now, I'm thinking that every week or fortnight, depending on how many lessons you have, because if you have like three lessons across a fortnight, then yeah, I would have one sound in particular that you are focusing on that fortnight. So look at what you're teaching. Look at the key vocabulary that's coming up. Are there some sounds that come up over and over again or even just three or four times within the key vocabulary that you can hone in on and you can make your phonics focus for that week or that fortnight or even you know three or four weeks depending 
on the type of sound and how much you need to practice and repeat it. So that's what you need to be doing. Instead of right at the beginning, just going, oh, these are the words that are, uh, I mean, these are the sounds that are different to English. Uh, This is what you need to learn. That you're actually really breaking it down into small chunks Obviously, you're teaching pronunciation of words right from the beginning. I'm not saying that you don't teach them how to say words from the beginning, but your explicit phonics focus just needs to be one sound per week or per fortnight, or like I say, possibly three or four weeks. And you're really just focusing on that. One question I've had recently is about how much you correct students' pronunciation And I think if you've got a clear phonics focus for the week, then what you need to be doing is really correcting that particular sound, but not worrying too much about other sounds, unless it's a sound that you taught last week. And you're like, you really should remember this because I taught you this last week. So you can, you know, maybe focus on a couple of sounds. If it's something that you've been teaching for a while and you've been focusing on for a while and they're still getting it wrong, again, still focus on that. But don't worry about focusing on every single sound. I think it can be quite hard for native speakers as well when they hear English students getting sounds wrong. I remember distinctly one of our German assistants had a bit of a, I want to say a bee in a bonnet, that probably sounds a bit mean, but she she had a bit of a thing about the Z in German and that English kids were just saying Z instead of Z. And she just... I don't know, like every lesson with the kids, she would just be going, no, it's tss. So she'd be getting them to say like zwei and zwölf and zu and things like that. And they would still just try and say zoo. And yes, it is important, obviously. But I don't, I mean, I don't know, at some point, like move on to a new sound, remind them, say, you know this one, move on to a new sound. So yeah, so I think, you know, you have to know your student. I say this all the time about everything, don't I? You have to know your students, you have to know your context. But at the end of the day, and like a lot of Spanish learners are not going to be able to get the sound very well, or even, you know, the French and German as well. So, you know, if they can't get it, they can't get it. And yeah, they need to be aware that that's the sound. But if they can't actually physically do that with their mouths, then yeah, I mean, you know, let them move on to something that they feel they can do. And that's always the thing as well. Let them, you know, they need to feel they can achieve. So if you are overcorrecting every single sound that they're getting wrong, they're just going to feel like, oh, it's impossible to pronounce this language. I can't do it. I sound stupid. I sound really bad, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, really just focusing in on on one sound plus, as I say, potentially a sound that you did last week or the week before or whatever. Okay, so the first two things that I have said is number one, phonics is not the same as teaching students how to pronounce individual words. And number two is not something that you just do for a few lessons at the start of year seven. The third thing that phonics is not, it's not just an add-on and it's not separate to your normal everyday teaching. I've alluded to this quite a few times with the word embedding and you really need to be embedding phonics teaching into your teaching. And do you know what? I actually, um, as I say, I'm, I'm really thinking about this a lot because of the new GCSE, but the more I think about it, the more I just think it's really important actually. It's really key. It's really important. 
And it really helps with things like spelling. So again, another revelation. I've been having some epiphanies recently because I was not taught using phonics, right? So I was teaching the preterito in Spanish, a simple past. And we were doing like school day and the verb is empezar, spelt with a Z for the th sound. And then empecé in the I form of the preterite, it's spelt with a C. And I genuinely hadn't ever been taught this and had not realised until literally like two weeks ago that you don't get a Z followed by an E. And do you know what's really funny? My husband studied Spanish at university and I mentioned this to him the other day and he was like, what about cero? And I said, cero is spelled with a C. And he was so shocked because he thought it was just like zero because a Z is a th. And we even got out our like ancient massive Spanish dictionaries that we both had from when we were like doing, you know, A-levels in university and stuff. And we went through like the Zs and the only Z-E words are like foreign words or like elements in the periodic table or something it was like oh no zi was like zirconium and i'm like well that's not really a spanish word is it and i just thought but that kind of thing is so important to teach so that your spelling you know when you're thinking about writing which is 25 percent of the gcse that your spelling is correct so that you would never think that empathy which means i started is spelled with a z and you know that it's spelled with a c and you're never going to make that mistake and i just thought Oh, and that's what phonics is about. And that's not an add-on. That is an essential part of your language teaching, really. I mean, there are hundreds of examples like that. And it's not always just about the spelling, but it is SSC, sound spelling correspondence. But yeah, so it's something that needs to be incorporated into your teaching. So I've already mentioned phonics focuses. There are lots of ways of doing this. And I think playing with words and sounds and language is fantastic, you know, right from the beginning. So whether you're starting with year seven, whether you're starting in primary school, whether you're even thinking about how am I going to do this now with my current year nines who've never really done this, and then they're going into year 10 and 11, Playing with words and language and sound is just such a great way of embedding phonics. So in the workshop, I'm going to be talking about some ideas for activities that you can do that will embed phonics, embed SSC in a fun way. So I'll give you a quick brief overview now. And if you want to know more, as I say, if you download this on time, you can still sign up and join us. If not, it's available to purchase and you can watch it back in your own time and you'll get the PowerPoint and everything as well. So things like rhyming, what words rhyme? So I'm thinking of this a lot with my son at the moment because he's actually starting to understand the idea of sounds. So he's starting to get an idea for like what sound do words start with so he's got no concept really of letter like he's three he's got no concept of letters but he loves playing like i don't know he'll say like mummy starts with a m what other words start with a m and then he'll go through and he'll just you know he'll be like i don't know monkey and various things and then he'll say and what rhymes with mummy and he'll say mummy and tummy and dummy and then he'll say but mummy and monkey rhyme and i'll say well no <laughs> No, mummy and monkey sound quite similar, don't they? And then I'll explain it to him. So playing like that, playing with sounds and words, thinking about 
what words start with the same sounds, what words end with the same sounds, what words rhyme with each other. So that's a really fun way. And using poems and songs and things like that to embed the idea of what words actually rhyme, particularly, and this is particularly for French as well, if they're spelt differently, that I think is really, really key. Obviously, practicing dictation and read aloud, because that's what you're going to need for the new GCSE. And doing activities where you have pairs of words that sound kind of similar and you read them aloud and the students have to pick out which word it actually is. A great example for this would be the German EI and IE. Okay. So like vile and fuel, they get muddled up. So you'd have a list of words with the EI in, a list of words with IE, and you read one out and they have to circle or underline the correct one. Anyway, as I say, I'm going to go into this in a lot more detail in the workshop. So if you want to see the PowerPoint slides and if you want to know more ideas and more details about the types of activities you can actually do. So as I say, it's not an add-on. It needs to be part of your everyday teaching. That's all in the workshop katelanguages.co.uk. If you click on language lessons and CPD, it's in there. As I say, you might just get there just in time to sign up before this evening. But if not, then it will be available for you to buy. And yeah, just watch back in your own time and have a look at the PowerPoint and stuff. So I'd love to know what you are doing with phonics and with SSC and how you are thinking about how you're going to incorporate it into your programs of study, schemes of work, schemes of learning, whatever you call them, for the new GCSEs. I know I'm talking very specifically to teachers in the UK, particularly in England at the moment. I actually really think, and I know because I've looked at my analytics, I do have listeners all over the world and I don't think all my listeners all over the world are doing GCSEs. I'd be really interested to know if this is something that people in other countries are also focusing on and whether or it's something you've not even heard about and you're now thinking, oh yeah, this is actually a really good idea. This is something that we should be doing. I think EFL, so English as a foreign language or English as a second language or whatever acronym you use, is really good at this. And because my background is in EFL before I started MFL teaching, I think I do have a bit of an idea about phonics teaching and things like that. So um, yeah, I think... I think there's a lot of really good stuff out there. There's a lot of great research out there and I'd be fascinated to know what people are doing, how you are thinking of doing this in your teaching, particularly those of you in England who are thinking about the new GCSE, but also around the world. What do people do? How do you do it? If you teach primary school, are you kind of building on the phonics that they do in English when you're teaching a modern foreign language? Or is the word phonics completely new to you? And you're like, wow, I've, yeah, I don't know anything about this. I need to know more. So let me know. As always, Kate Languages on Instagram and Facebook, or you can email me through my website, katelanguages.co.uk. So until next season, have a fabulous rest of 2023. Have a wonderful Christmas. And I'm going to be back in January please send me some like random ask me anything questions for my first Q&A episode for January 2024 and uh, yeah I'll be back then and I'll see you then 
hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kate Languages podcast. If you did, please think about leaving me a five-star review. And you can also tag me on social media to let me know you've been listening and let me know your thoughts on the episode. Also, don't forget to subscribe so the next episode of the Kate Languages podcast can be delivered straight to your device as soon as it's released. But until then, auf Wiedersehen, au revoir, adios, bye.